0: You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for a spoiler review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Screw that spoiler-free one. What crap can we talk about here? We're here to talk about the real stuff. And when I say that this is a spoiler review, I'm warning you now that in my opening line, I will be spoiling this. This is your last (laughs) freaking chance for you to freaking get the freak out. Why am I saying freak? Fucking leave right now if you haven't seen the movie and you want to don't want to be spoiled because it's going to be on you in just a few moments. My name is Ben, and with great Andrew Garfield comes great <laughs>
1: Toby McGuire!
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have been in the same theatre as you with this. Uh, but oh, My name is uh, Colin 1 or Colin 2? Am I, 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 I'm Colin 2? Okay,
0: I'm Colin 3! You could do the pointing like the meme, basically. <laughs> um, oh, like, I did. stuff I couldn't say on the spoiler. Lots of stuff I couldn't say on the spoiler free one. But the one thing I. The thing I wanted to share is just the experience of seeing. I'm saying this right now. This is the best experience I have ever had in a movie in my life. And not just for one obvious reason, but that added to it. But. Um, I, I messaged you, basically. I got to the cinema. This is I'm seeing this at, like, 11.45 a.m. on a Thursday morning in Hobart. So I'm like, no one's going to be there. Like, I, th- I think school's <laughs> only ending, like, the day after or something like that. So, like, you know, pretty pretty Santa. Christmas shopping, everyone's buying shit for Santa and all that kind of stuff. So I rock up to the cinema. I booked my tickets, like, the night before, and I was, like, looking at the seating chart, because this is the one, because I saw it on the VMAX, and we don't do designating seating in cinemas in Hobart. It's just the one that does. I'm like, oh, I can't really choose from any seats. Oh, like, whatever, social distancing. So I rock up to the cinema and there's like a massive line. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then as I get up close to the screen, I'm seeing sold out, sold out. And something I'm like, oh, this is, this is fascinating. And so I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And essentially watching this movie was like being at a sporting event. Like I've been to movies where people have cheered before, like, Force Awakens, like, the credits came up, people clapped, Han Solo appears, people, like, clapped. But it was it was more of like a, yeah, woo! Like, it was just kind of a bit of a clap. And I've seen other things, like, like No Time to Die, I had that guy bawling his eyes out when James Bond dies. <laughs> James Bond dies. And, you know, things like that. But literally, and there are so many scenes in this movie where people were, like, on their feet, like, cheering, like, the the Canucks. Not the Canucks. Fuck the Canucks. Like, the Leafs. Well, maybe not the Leafs. Let's go with the, <laughs> the the Canadians made the Stanley Cup final last year. Like, the Canadians have scored a winning goal in overtime. Like, it was that rambunctious. And we'll get to the two in particular, which I full-on needed a box of tissues for both. Not just one, but for both it was just incredible. And I left the cinema with an even bigger smile on my face because I'm like, that was amazing. Like to be involved in a crowd that was watching this and it really like rubber stamps how fucking popular Spider-Man is. Like I I don't think people have realized and maybe they need to, because obviously the first Spider-Man we talked about a few years ago, how big of a deal that was like, and as we said in the spoiler-free one, this is such great fan service that you could tell in a full cinema of a couple hundred people in Hobart on a Thursday morning, these people were just like full-on cheering and that. And I, I, not even Star Wars I saw that in a, in a movie experience. So that I just wanted to share on the spoiler review because clearly I want to point out where the biggest cheers came from in this movie because there were obvious ones and a few that you didn't think about but actually brought <laughs> massive cheers. Uh, so we
1: had the exact same experience because this was crazy. Like I've been to several movies where you'll get that cheering. You know, uh, I I think I've always mentioned the biggest reaction I ever saw in a theater was attack of the clones when Yoda Mm. appears and everybody knows Yoda's about to fight the uh, eruption of cheers. I saw that movie 18 times in a theater and all 18 times you heard people cheering every time Yoda came on screen. The first couple of times I saw Attack of the Clones, the entire time he's fighting, it was just nonstop applause, nonstop cheering. I don't think even that comes close to what I heard last night. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll, jump the gun here. Uh,
0: Do it. Because I want to jam on as well. Yeah.
1: When we have uh, the portal open up, And Mm. you see Spider-Man coming towards the screen. You heard people just, yes, yes, yes. Like people were getting so excited. And I was hearing all over the place, Toby, Toby, Toby. And I remember thinking (laughs) to myself, if this is Andrew Garfield, is this theater just going to like groan? And then the mask comes off and it's Andrew Garfield. And I'm not telling you, it was the most deafening noise I've ever heard in my life. Even though it wasn't Toby like they were expecting. It was so loud that like for 10, 20 seconds afterwards, I'm trying to hear the dialogue and I can't hear a thing. And I'm actually like, come on, quiet down. I want to hear this. It was enormous, and when Toby appears after that, you have that eruption of cheers. But it's the craziest thing is Andrew Garfield got a bigger reaction <laughs> <laughs> Toby Oh, rewarded. really? Wow! It was insane. Even though people were calling for Toby, the love for Andrew Garfield, I just I was so happy. It's like when we saw the way that people turned around on Brendan Fraser, where all of a sudden they got excited about him, or Hayden Christensen, the way people are embracing Hayden Christensen now. It was like being in a room and seeing, you know the forgotten actors toby mcguire and andrew garfield where people are like oh yeah you know all oh, those those movies are stupid and then seeing how much love people have for these actors and then to see how they maintain that throughout the movie because it never stopped every time you would have a line throw out here or there like peter parker saying toby mcguire saying it's uh complicated you know a throwaway line from the previous movies and people just yeah You know, Andrew Garfield getting like, uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about some of the big moments they have later on where people remember they're like, yeah, just screaming. They didn't stop cheering at any moment for the entire movie. We have characters appearing who are not even part of the Spider-Man universe and eruption of cheers. Like, it's just, I feel like it's partly because we've gone so long without these big experience movies on a big screen. And the theater I was in, I mean, it was completely packed. It's so much so that Jamie was getting annoyed. She's like, I thought they were supposed to have distancing rules here. I'm like, Jamie, we went to a Jets game where they don't have distancing rules. Like, why, why is it okay if you're in an arena, but it's not okay into the theater? I was happy for that because I got to be among a giant crowd of people and turn a movie into an experience again.
0: The the one I'll mention some of the other ones who were cheered, but the funniest one that I thought that everybody cheered at really loudly was was when um, Norman's in the uh, one of the boxes and he goes, you know, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Yes! like from the first movie, and everyone was like, whoa, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's the line from the first movie, guys. Calm down. Um, and it's also one thing too. I'll say I've people on Twitter have obviously been like filming. The scene in the movie and the reactions that everyone around the world is like obviously getting. A similar thing was like the reveal of both Andrew Garfield and Tom Maguire. So when that portal opened and you see someone, I'm straight up like, oh my God, like I'm going like this. I'm like sitting forward. And straight away, people, you could hear people going like, oh my God. And then like, like, oh, oh, like you just heard it like somebody was about to take a winning shot. And then nobody kind of said Toby straight away. But like as soon as like he comes out and then he pulls off the hair, everybody like went, oh, yeah! Again, like, you know, I'm sort of similar. Like I'm cheering, but then I'm going like, yeah, okay. I want to hear what they're saying. <laughs> but like, no joke, because I'm then going like, okay, if they fucking bring Andrew Garfield back and not Toby Maguire, like I was, <laughs> I was very excited to see Andrew Garfield. More excited than I thought I would be because I've really come around in Andrew Garfield, and I love the guy. He's great. But then, like, as soon as you see the second one opening and you're kind of like, straight away, I knew. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, like, because it took a while. Then you kind of see his head a bit. Everybody, like, twice the twice the cheer. Toby got the yeah. biggest cheer of anything. That went on for ages. They, like, were standing up cheering. And, like, we did it on the Oz Network. We made these guys the things. We've been cheering on Toby Maguire and Brendan Fraser and Hayden Christensen for how long? And now yeah. they're getting the love they deserve. So just saying, we're responsible for that. We, didn't ki- we killed James Bond in you- one podcast, but we made these guys a the thing. But it was No, just... I
1: actually I have a th- I will quickly cut in there because I have a theory about that. And it's not me taking credit or us taking credit saying, oh, we made them a thing. I honestly feel like people buy into the internet's criticism so strongly that they ignore their own opinions. And I've always said I don't think that people hate the prequels. I think that people just jump on the bandwagon of hating on the prequels, even though yeah. everybody genuinely loved them. I don't feel like people hated You know, Spider-Man 3, as much as even I say I hate it, I don't feel like people hate the amazing Spider-Movies the way they hate it. I feel like people genuinely love these things, like Brendan Fraser, like Keanu Reeves. And then it just reaches a point where the internet almost tells them, it's okay to love this again. And people go crazy. That's a good point. I I, I think that this is just, we finally got to the point where nobody's going to be buying it. You know, it's nostalgia. We love it. We've always loved it. Let's just tell the world how much we love Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire.
0: This is the feeling I wanted in The Rise of Skywalker. This is literally what Mm -hmm. I went into that, thinking we're going to see Anakin and this is how I'm going to fucking feel. And they couldn't get that fucking right. Whereas this was just like, because even, I think even the scene when they get revealed, you kind of think it's about to happen, but, and even when you first see that portal and you kind of see Spider-Man, you're like... (gasps) Like, oh, and like you just kind of feel they're going to troll you. Like, you kind of feel mm-hmm. like it's like Space Jam and New Legacy when you think Michael Jordan's about to walk in and it's freaking Michael B. Jordan. Happy like, Hogan
1: takes off the helmet, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Funny joke. But, like, you know, you kind of like, ah oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, but, like, and just, just that moment. And, like, I want to go see this again, but at the same time, like, I feel like that first experience will always be with you because it's just yeah. like that moment where you see them and like other cheers got like, I've never watched the Daredevil TV series. So I don't know that Charlie Cox is, but like as soon as you saw the glasses and they said like, Mr. Murder I know enough to know that. Oh, that's <laughs> Daredevil. And then like everybody fucking cheered because what I read and saw in reviews was that this was leaked. People knew he was going to be in this movie and I, I had no clue. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And the ones that I liked was like, I sort of had briefly read about Rhys Iphens, I've kind of seen it. And then even Thomas Hayden Church, I was like, oh, will he be in it? And then initially I'm thinking like, oh, we're only just getting their voices. Like we're not actually seeing them. But then when you kind of get the reveal at the end, I was like, oh, like, cool. They did bring them back. So, I mean, I was I was wrong by saying that Paul Giamatti's rhino was in it because I read that somewhere, but he was. I mean, you saw a silhouette of rhino. But <laughs> they mentioned him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, i got to say, like, I mean, while we're here to talk about the positive of the spoilers, I was still hoping for a Kirsten dance Emma Stone appearance because they were still, but yeah. they they sadly aren't in it. But, um... I mean, you just, and like the thing too that I loved about the fact that they bring back Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield is it's not just a, a cheap cameo. It's not just like, oh, hey, oh, we better go back to our world now. Keep up the good thing. They literally for the second half of the movie are basically co-billing. And then it's mm-hmm. just the, the chemistry that all three Spider-Mans have is insane. And then just like the references, like it's just, it's so goddamn good. Like the Spider-Man meme thing pointing out, just like everything about it is just like everything you want and more. I thought they were going to kill Toby Maguire. I'm like, oh, don't, don't, don't bring him back to kill him. Uh, but then they even just play that off as a joke. So like, yeah, it's it's uh, just so fucking good.
1: You know, it's funny. I, I have to share this a little bit because he, the, the, you could hear a lot of people at that moment being like, no, no. And yeah, even my nephew same. was like, no. And I actually turned to him like, what did you expect? He's gonna be in the sequel? Like it's been twenty <laughs> years. Be happy yeah. about this. <laughs> I,
0: and like the thing too that I really appreciate, like, because like with the villains, right? They're kind of brought back at the time they're still in the movies, but this one, like, mm-hmm. they don't really sell the fact. But these these are kind of Spider-Man brought back at their current age. So like, Tom Maguire, like, still looks great for like yeah. twenty years later. But you can tell he's, he's a, a forty-year-old Spider-Man. Yeah, and like they, they play up to that. And, like, just even the little things, like, when he mentions about, like, MJ and, like, oh, you know, we've made it work. And then it's, like, with the Andrew Garfield stuff, like, I, I feel like I've just become so much more connected to the two amazing Spider-Man movies all of a sudden just because I just feel like, oh, and just Andrew Garfield and just the way, like, he mentions about Gwen and then... The scene with MJ when he, like, saves her, and you're like, oh, like, he couldn't do that with Gwen. Oh, like, it's so sweet. And the other big cheer I got, I think, in the movies is when they all teamed up and there's that shot of them all landing on top of the statue. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, all three Spider-Men together. Um, yeah, God, just so good. Toe McGuire, like, come on, <laughs> there he is. He's on our screen again. Still so yeah. good.
1: Another funny reaction as the whole theater erupts with the loudest cheer I've ever heard in my life when Andrew Garfield appears. Jamie's making no more noise at all. And then as soon as it all quiets down, all she does is she turns to me and she whispers, he's so handsome. <laughs> 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 but the, the exciting thing is Toby McGuire, who she was very down on, like when I re-listened to our Spider-Man recaps. I'm basically always referencing Jamie doesn't like Toby Maguire. And then when we rewatched these recent movies, she's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's okay. He's okay. He's good in these movies. Jamie was applauding when
0: Toby Maguire appeared. So I'm like, yes, finally a Toby fan. Um, and, but- and he's still, he's still like, he still as a 40 year old Peter Parker still kind of has that same personality and level where you still believe, like I'm not saying Andrew Garfield does it. The one thing I'll say about Andrew Garfield is like, I feel they went too much, a little bit too comedic with him. Like it kind of didn't, Like, I I mean, uh, they, they do, but like still, I think I believe more that Tobey Maguire is still Peter Parker. Whereas I feel Andrew Garfield's a bit more MCU'd, if that makes sense. Like that's kind of where I got the slight difference between the two, but he's still great. I'm not taking away from him.
1: I mean, I'm going to disagree. I actually finished this movie and said, Andrew Garfield stole that movie. Uh, With the comedy, every line he had, like, again, the theater was just roaring with laughter, but it's those dramatic moments he has, like, not taking away, we'll talk about, it, not take away from the dramatic moments Tom Holland has, but this kind of shows, I guess, the experience of Andrew Garfield and just what an amazing, amazing, he's amazing, okay? Yeah, what like an amazing that. actor Andrew Garfield is because we have that moment where he's telling the story about Gwen and just seeing the emotion on him and then the yeah. moment where he, like the moment where MJ is falling, like that is probably the biggest reaction that I, I would say outside of just the appearance of the character that we got and that's one of the reasons why I feel like, you know, you have this turnaround where people are like, yeah, I love these movies. Because The Amazing Spider-Man 2 people have said for years, oh, that was the one that nobody liked. And nobody saw like, it bombed, even though it made more than that's 80% the only one of I the, saw the <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: but I mean, it still made more money than 80% of the MCU films. You know, it, it was a huge movie. But this whole, you know, narrative of, oh, yeah, nobody saw that movie. That one bombed. Nobody likes it. But when MJ starts falling, you can hear the gasps in the theater like, they're going to kill her. They're doing the Gwen Stacy death with her, which they really do set up in the movie. But then out of nowhere, when Andrew Garfield dives in and saves her, I've never heard a reaction to a moment in a movie. I'm not talking just an appearance of a character, a single moment in a movie where he saved her. The eruption of applause. Like, you know, I think I was just in the theater that loved Andrew Garfield because (laughs) that was like an experience in and of itself. Just see, and you don't see it coming. And then you get that moment. You see the look on his face where he saved her. It's actually so powerful. Like I, yeah. I love what Tobey Maguire. And it's funny because my nephew, or when I asked him before one of my nephews, I asked him before the movie started, are you more excited for Andrew Garfield or Toby Maguire? He goes, Tobey Maguire, just because that was the first Spider-Man I saw. And I always loved the original. And he walked out of the movie thinking like, you know, Tom Maguire's acting's a little bit wooden in this movie. And I'm like, Aww. well, that's, that's his style. Like, he was doing his style, and he was doing it well. Yeah. And I feel it's the same with Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield was the better Spider-Man. And even though he is out of mask and as Peter Parker... He was in the Spider-Man character in this movie, which I think where the humor comes from, because he is still the best at that wisecracking humor Spider-Man, like you know, my, my the small knives, my weakness, small knives. Like yeah, Andrew Garfield nailed both sides of this so well that I, I hope he gets nominated for an Oscar again this year. You know, it'll be his second nomination, but for a he different proves movie, why though,
0: right. different movie yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) but uh he proves why he is the most critically acclaimed actor in these movies because how he handles the drama in only a couple scenes of this movie is insane
0: well jk simmons and marissa Tamay might disagree with that but um you know just (laughs) they they have a couple of oscars they can show off but um yeah i i like i like again i i want to point out that like i'm not saying it's a bad thing i just think that i feel i don't know there was just something slightly different to him from the amazing spider-man films that was just a little bit different Whereas, like, I think that Tom Maguire was exactly the same. Like, to me, I'm like, yeah. okay, that's well, brought back straight into it. That's how he left off. And, I, yeah, I don't know if that's just the one thing that I kind of felt a little bit. But, I, again, I still agree with everything you're saying there. I mean, Andrew Garfield just – and, like, it's weird because, like, when, when this was first touted as a thing and they said that Tom Maguire was coming back, like, I remember back at that time I was never like, oh, well, I hope they bring back Andrew Garfield as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I was like, no, I want them both. I, I want to yeah. be greedy. I want them both. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I want them both. Jamie wants them both. Everybody Ooh, wants yeah. them
0: both. <laughs> but, but, it's, like, but this is the thing, what I was saying in the spoiler-free one, like this whole multiverse thing. And I like I, and here I am, like, praising this and loving this, and I'm Team DC. Like, I fucking hope to God they do this in the, in the Flash movie. Like, we know we've got Michael Keaton coming back, Ben Affleck coming back. So, like, imagine if they get Christian Bale. Val Clooney. It, seriously, like, <laughs> like, all jokes aside, I would be down for George Clooney coming back. Like, I yeah. think you can't, like... It's, you, it's a bit more difficult with Batman because you've got more than just two. But, like, like imagine if they did this with a... I mean, you can't do it with Christopher Reeve anymore, I guess. But, like, I know you said well, they, they brought that Brandon Routh in... um
1: And Tom Welling, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, like, but, like, I don't know. Like, I just... I feel like you've got to bring a, a couple of them to, like, do this in a way. Like, I'd be so down for seeing George Clooney come back. Like, why not? Like, come on. I think it would just be silly fun. But, yeah.
1: You know, um what what I, just one more thing on the Andrew Garfield and Tobey McGuire. What I think works in this movie is like you said they are the older versions we are getting that mentorship that they yeah. tried to do with iron man in homecoming which really never worked that and and you know one thing i complete sidebar here but one thing i actually really like in this movie is one of the biggest things that bothered me about the first two uh tom holland spider-man movies is just this idea that everybody can can control this 15 year old kid and nobody's addressing the fact it's like he's a 15 year old kid you know why is nick fury telling him what to do why is tony stark uh, putting him in this jeopardy without telling his aunt and all that. Why is the aunt okay with this? That's part of this movie. Hey, if this is a kid. There's no reason that, you know, anybody should be telling him what to do or that he should be in this position, but getting the older mentorship where, Peter can talk to Peter, Peter 1, Peter 2 Peter, where Toby can talk <laughs> Peter to Tom. Ring. Like can we get to the Peter Andrew one. <laughs> Peter 3. Like
0: I love that reaction. just like Peter 3. I <laughs> love that. <laughs>
1: uh, but uh but where Toby can talk to Tom about MJ and be like it's complicated and then you're like you know it was really hard for a while but we made it work I immediately turned to Jamie I'm like yeah but if she were in this universe right now she'd be leaving him for Andrew Garfield <laughs> yeah she'd be
0: doing another 15 different Spider-Man yeah but like it's and and then Andrew talk-
1: Garfield also having that moment too where he's talking about you know uh I tried he mentions that scene which as I said when the amazing Spider-Man 2 recap was like the perfect ending even though it wasn't intended to be an ending where you know what I'm gonna put the Gwen Stacy thing aside I need to be Spider-Man and he addresses that and he's like Yes, I tried to do that, but then I was just so filled with rage that I started taking it out on people. You get both those things. You get that relationship of, can you make it work with this girl from Tom Maguire? And you get that, can you recover from a tragedy from Andrew Garfield? We finally have them being the mentors. It's not just fan service in this movie. They made their characters important enough to Tom Holland that they belong in this movie.
0: And I love you said in the spoiler free one about the revenge thing, and I think that just ties so well, particularly into like the Tobey Maguire ones, because we saw that sort of level of revenge he wanted for Uncle Ben, and then mm-hmm. I, I I love how they sort of like glide the glide over the fact that oh no, that guy that fell out of the building wasn't the one who killed Uncle Ben, it was actually Thomas Hayden Church, but like, mm-hmm. and I love the fact then that they used Tobey Maguire to stop him from like stabbing Norman basically through. Uh, through the chest before poor old Peter gets stabbed. Um, I mean, again, that's a bit of a plot hole. They just kind of gel over the fact that poor old Norman gets his revenge, but then they just kind of forget about that when they all go back to their universes, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just, and it works so well, but it's like, I just, I don't know if we're ever going to see him come back for other sequels, but, like, I just, I love all three of these together. Even Tom Holland, like, I'm I'm fanboying out more so over Andrew Garfield and Tom McGuire. Of course I am, but as we said in the Spoiler Free one, I appreciate Tom Holland a lot more, and I just, Like, I just love seeing, like, that scene when they're, like, talking about, like, oh, I've never worked in a team before. I have. Look, I don't want to brag, but I was part of the Avengers. And I'll tell people, wow, that's amazing. What are the Avengers? Are you in a band? (laughs) Are you in a band? (laughs) I'm like, oh, man, you're in a band? (laughs) Just, like, the way he kind of does that, like, it's just, it's just, it's hilarious. Let's
1: not forget, let's not forget. It's like, oh, yeah, I fought an alien blob from space. Oh, I fought a purple alien, both on Earth and in space oh, great, you guys are in space. I kind of fought like a, a Russian guy in yeah. a rhino suit.
0: And that's when they're like, oh, you're amazing. I you're love amazing. Andrew, I love Andrew Garfield. I love you guys. And they just like, okay, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, no, thank you. And then it's all like, come on. Like, I also I do love the fact that when you've got the big emotional speech about like, you know, I lost my Uncle Ben. And then I love, you know, I get Andrew Garfield does mention it eventually, but he's just kind of like, and I lost is like, oh, what about Uncle Ben? Like,
1: what about Dennis Leary? Like, you lost him He's still him too? looking for the killer. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, he is. Like, he still hasn't found him. but I he's doing um, in the
1: alley. It's like, is this the killer?
0: <laughs> one thing, like, I don't want to shit down it because I'm like, going to get plenty of plot holes, plenty of problems. One thing I was kind of like, when they, when you both see Andrew Garfield and Tom McGuire join, at no point are they just like, why am I here? They're just like, okay. <laughs> and they're just well, like, I think... They've been
1: there for a while and uh, tying into Venom, like, let's, you know, this is the spoiler reason we could say it. I mean, post credit scene of Venom Let There Be Carnage is he wakes up, he, he, there's a big flash and he wakes up. Obviously, that is the moment where all these characters crossed over and Eddie Brock gets it, which doesn't really make sense because they say that this is only supposed to be people who know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and there's not really a Spider-Man in Venom's
0: Venom, but... Doesn't he know? But isn't that where, like, you see in the post-credits of Venom where he's kind of like, I know him or something like that? So, like, isn't there, Well, he says he knows
1: Peter Parker, but Spider-Man, I don't think, exists in the Venom universe. Regardless of that, uh, the the biggest... (laughs) I'm not going to... Let's call it a bit of a plot hole in this movie is some of the characters appear, because this is supposed to be, oh, the spell didn't work, and now it's only people who know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Flint Marco sees him take off his mask. He never... I'm Peter... Hello, I'm Peter Parker. You're Spider-Man? So if Flint Marco just sees him take off his mask and has one quick moment with him, and he comes in there, are all those people on the subway in this world as well? (laughs) You know, like, there's a lot of characters who
0: know. But he knows that he's Peter Parker because he's guilty that he killed his uncle. So he knows that he's...
1: Oh, I like, guess if he knew his name, yeah. But, right. okay, so what about Electro, though? Because Electro, I don't think, ever has a moment where he, he knows he's Peter Parker or even finds out who he's but Peter you don't,
0: Parker. But, but you don't see that, though. Oh, like, I guess you said, like, that's why they're brought back, because we get that great scene when Jamie Foxx is like, oh, I was, I was hoping you were black. Oh, I'm sure there's a black Spider-Man out there somewhere, yeah, so like, he, nudge, nudge, He win, win. doesn't know. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's a good point. Because while you brought up Venom, like, I mean, I I think I said in the spoiler-free one, I, I re-watched both, the, or watched for the first time both of Venom, Thoroughly enjoyed them a lot more than I ever thought I would, and I love that sort of post-credit scene in in Let There Be Carnage of kind of like oh okay this is getting interesting. <laughs> I love how they just do away with that straight away, like in the post <laughs> in the mid-credits. Oh well, that was did. nice while it lasted. See you, go <laughs> back to your world. Which I mean, it's I guess it's kind of fun, and I guess Sony doesn't know what they're doing with it, right? But like, will they leave well, back the symbiote? But yeah, exactly.
1: We have the symbiote. Isn't
0: the um the what's the what's the movie with um Jared Leto next year? The the Venom Oh Morbius. Movie? but isn't that connected to the MCU? Cause isn't Michael Keaton in that as Vulture? Like I saw the trailer the other day. I'm like, that's well, Michael I, Keaton. I,
1: I don't know if it, he's supposed to be uh Vulture. And I mean, he could be an alternate universe version of Vulture, but it is connected to the, at least the Sony films. It is, you know, spinoff of Venom and uh, Spider Man, I
0: guess. Which I want, I want to. Of course, I want to complain because this is me. But one thing, like, I, I don't want to take away from just everything. Like again, I was so excited to see Reece Eifman's and Thomas Hayden Church come back, and they're barely being talked about. You know, the poor guys. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's still, like, Sandman and Lizard are kind of the forgotten ones in all of these villains that are returning, but I still think there. But, like, me being greedy, like, I, I think I said in the preview, it would have been great to, like, have all of the villains. So like, I would have even been fine with Topher Grace coming in. I would have been fine with, um and, like, bringing back Vulture and Mysterio, I think that would have been yeah. kind of been cool. And MJ and um Gwen. And even, like bring back Aunt the Aunt Mays and things like that. Like, I don't know, like, weird, like, I know that kind of, like, all you need, though, is, like, a scene. Like, instead of them disappearing at the end, going back to their worlds, have the portal, like, open up again. And as, like, Tom McGuire steps in, there's Curse and Dance, gives him a kiss, you know, and mm. just something like that. And, like, there's Sally Field hugging Peter as, like, she goes back into the thing. Like, as it she's doing laundry. Cool. Yeah, being a nurse, because <laughs> that was very important. But um, do you, I mean, just quickly, I, I touched on... Matt Murdoch, Daredevil. I mean, I know you hate the Ben Affleck. My only experience is the Ben Affleck. Again, I weirdly enjoyed it, but, like, it's a bad movie. I can see what you're saying. But, like, is this the first real instance where they've actually brought in a TV character to the movie? Because, like, I know, Mm -hmm. like, um... What was the the guy from S.H.I.E.L.D. who used to be in the the old MCU Coulson. films? Yeah. So, like, I know he got a show and then, like, hasn't, like, Nick Fury appeared? I, I don't watch them. I haven't even caught up on, like, Loki and like, all those things like that. But this is the first instance where they've legitimately brought in the other way around, right?
1: Like, uh, the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show had lots of crossovers. I don't think that they brought any into the movies. W- what makes the Daredevil one particularly uh, interesting is that, even though those shows were technically connected to the MCU, they never should be, you know, because they don't mm. really, there's one moment I think where they reference the events of the Avengers and you see a newspaper clicking on the wall, but it's kind of like the Eternals. Like I was saying with the, the Eternals, it almost hurts that movie to have it connected to MCU. That should have been something that was its own thing. Because those shows are so different than the Netflix shows particularly. Uh, but having him appear, I mean, it, it just, it works. And people went crazy for it. And I feel like Did that's- you know? a, I I didn't know he was going to be in it. I knew there were... I had seen a lot of stories over the period of months saying that Charlie Cox would potentially be brought into the MCU. But I was thinking, oh, they're going to give him his own movie or they're going to have him appear maybe in the next season of something that's more grounded in reality, like, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier or something like that. Uh, But to have him appear in Spider-Man, I I loved it. Uh, Because it would be fun to have him be one of those characters, you know, like Happy Hogan, where Mm. he just appears, he doesn't take away from Spider-Man because it's not like having another superhero there, but it's just another person for him to kind of go off. Cause that's kind of like a daredevil thing too. Like daredevil would just randomly be the lawyer for somebody else in the comics. Uh, So, but yeah, I, I was glad I didn't have that spoiled because obviously with all the other characters, I was expecting, Sandman, Lizard, we're going to see them. And it, let's also say it, it actually makes sense that we don't see them as siphons and Thomas Hayden church until the end, because the whole idea here about where we have to cure mm. these villains, what's the point of curing them if they can just maintain their form, you know, for, for those characters, it wasn't, Oh, there's something, there's a screw loose in my head or, uh, you know, there's a chip that's controlling my brain or I'm just a bad guy it's that, oh, I've got this power and I don't know how to turn it off, you know? So uh, having the Sandman form and everything, that that actually worked for this movie. Uh, One thing I want to go back on Jamie Foxx is, yeah, they give him the most development, but that also is a bit of a plot because they kind of just say the energy in this world is different and it's changed me. And then people are like, wait, so why do you look different? I was like, oh, it's the energy in this place. Like, it's a lazy way to explain why they didn't want to have the Jamie Foxx uh, appearance. But they never explain why his personality is different. Because it is so drastically different that it's almost just like we got Jamie Foxx. If they had had something, maybe they, they, they just had a couple more moments where he mentions, this place is making me feel different. I feel, you know, uh, uh, confident. I feel aggressive but it's almost just like Jamie Foxx didn't want to do the makeup again <laughs> and he didn't want to do a more comedic performance. So they're like, well, let's just explain away saying the energy's different.
0: I get it. And I agree with that for the most part, but at the same time, I just think that, you know, I think that he got that power. So he became more energetic and he became sort of, you know, more confident, you know what I mean? It's kind of like how, you could argue that Peter Parker becomes more confident because he's Spider Man, right? Like, I mean, the very beginning of Spider Man One with Tobey Maguire, like he's completely different to his Peter Parker at the by the end of the third one, if you know what I mean. So, but I, if we had I gotten
1: say, that in the any of that in the first movie, I might accept it more.
0: Yeah, but like, I mean, we know there was a lot of problems with making Spider Man Two, so they couldn't really, you know, do a do a lot of that. Just just on that topic though, of the whole plot around, I guess, redeeming these villains, um, mm. like. I like it, but, like, this is where I think a lot of the plot holes come into the movie. I think, as I said <laughs> we'll in the spoiler-free spoiler one where I kind of, I said that, you know, Tom Holland as Spider-Man is kind of inept in the beginning of this. Like, I mean, his whole ploy of, like, like Doctor Strange is kind of right. Like, it's their fate. They're mm-hmm. going to die. Like, they're evil. And he's just like, no, we're going to save them because, you know, and then he brings <laughs> them over to Happy's house. Like, kind of got yourself to blame, mate. But then, at the same time, well, that's the point. you got to show that he's still a kid. He's going to make these mistakes. So I kind of like how that kind of works. But, like... I I like the kind of interest around sort of like, particularly when you see like um, Dr. Octopus, who I like, I love Alpha Merlina, but like, I just kind of feel he gets very shortchanged Like he starts off well and you kind of, you like this kind of whole thing where like he's revealing this isn't Peter Parker and he's kind of getting over, taking over the suit and everything. And then I like it, how Peter Parker can kind of control him with the nanotechnology and all that sort of stuff and that. But then it's just kind of like, as soon as he turns good, it's like, okay, you disappear. He shows up. Okay, I'm good. And then he just (laughs) kind of, that's it. Okay. Thanks, and it's and it's kind of also like weird how like he knows norman and then kind of it's like well i like i weirdly wish i had kept um doc ock evil i want to see doc ock and green goblin team up like as be evil Mm. together that would have been cool but i don't know like out of all the villains i just feel he just got shortchanged the most he starts off great but then he just kind of disappears
1: yeah well yes I, i kind of agree with you um I don't think that they should have had, if they were going to have him cured, then have him working with Peter Parker. Don't have him disappear from the movie because you're already expecting if he comes back, he's going to come back as good because there's no reason for him to turn bad again. The plot holes is what bothers me more because if if you cure all these villains, they were snatched from the moment before they died in some of these cases, right? In the case yeah. of Sandman and Electro, who knows when. Uh, but Green Goblin going back cured before the moment he died is Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker going to know that right before he dies. No, no, I'm good now. Like he tried that already. So that's not going to help. Uh, but if he does, and now the green goblin doesn't die because he's reformed, we never get doc Ock in the first place Yeah, because true. doc Ock was Harry's project. Harry back to scientist who wasn't ready yet because yeah. he, he even says my father would have never dreamed of this. So Norman would have had no connection to that. So does he erase doc Ock from existence or and my nephew said, well, no, because now they're creating all these parallel. Re- Every time they do this, they're creating a parallel reality. So, th- that, but then that takes away from the idea of curing them in the first place. It's like, okay, so you cured one Green Goblin, but you actually created, you, you, you basically created a new reality where that, that villainous Green Goblin still has to exist because Doc Ock has to exist. So, you don't accomplish anything by doing this. Uh, with all the villains, I mean, you know, they're kind of influenced by what happened in the movies prior to that. So it, it does create this sort of paradox by curing them. Or if it is the theory of we have all multi-universes, you don't accomplish anything by saving one, but you actually are forced to create another in the process.
0: Because if Lizard doesn't die, well, he doesn't die anyway. So like if he's cured, what does that change? He just is in prison as a normal man. Yeah, because he's a c- still going to prison. He's in prison. He doesn't die. He's the only one who he doesn't die. He's technically already reformed though, well, well, Sam Sam Man Man, we don't technically think, we don't, don't know maybe, the he, wind.
1: maybe that's his force ghost you know <laughs> but yeah but yeah like lizard has still committed those crimes you know so if anybody lizard at the end of the last movie sure he's still infected but he's already decided i'm going to help same thing with look- doc ock. doc ock's a bigger problem because doc ock would only be in this universe from after the moment he found out peter parker and it's it, he's already made that choice to help them because you Peter Parker, lazy or uh, uh brilliant, but lazy, which I love the line they throw away in this kind of like that, but he's already made the choice to be a good guy there. So why is he coming back evil? And if you throw him back cured, he's not able to stop that giant power of the sun. Yeah, Cause, cause it's he's only off- the, the
0: claws to do that. Cause yeah, like you're right. Doc Hawk doesn't die evil. Doc Hawk sacrifices himself to stop New York from getting destroyed. He's turned good by the end of that movie. You know he's Darth Vader himself, Um, and yeah, Thomas Hayden Church kind of just blows into the wind. Lizard is in prison. Does Electro die? I like we see him kind of like get absorbed, but I don't think we ever see him die. Um, Yeah. And and but then here's the thing: if Electro doesn't die, does Gwen die? Because if all of a sudden Green Goblin shows up, yeah, there you go. Then then Electro's still there. So maybe Electro is good at that point. She's so like, no, Green Goblin, don't kill my friend Spider-Man. See, like, this I'm going to help it's, you.
1: It's best not to think about the plot. The yeah, well, plot makes is, no I, sense.
0: <laughs> I, kind of, I, like, I kind of agree with your nephew, though. It's kind of like the Lost situation where you put the Miles and Hurley conversation, like, no, this creates a different but, line. Like, it's but the Back the, to the Future thing, the line. Like, yeah, it's a different universe. But then the you know? problem
1: with that is that you haven't done – I mean, if, if Peter Parker's journey in this movie is, I want to be able to help people and not just imprison them – You haven't done anything. You've still left an evil, you have helped this Green Goblin, but now in order for Doc Doc Ock's timeline to survive, an evil Green Goblin has to, so now Doc Ock's gonna go back and be like, okay, I'm still Doc Ock. Everything still happened. So why is Norman not fixed? They said they fixed him. Now I'm angry again, okay? Now I'm going to kill Spider-Man.
0: And Harry doesn't become Green Goblin too. So, like, you know, Harry's happy. I mean, uh, the butler's all happy. Like, I didn't clean (laughs) his glider wounds. Yeah, I mean, again, I... I, I, Yeah, lots of plot holes. You always get messy with alternate realities and time travel and all those kind of things. But... um, yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still fun, I guess. Obviously, I think the other big spoiler we should probably talk about is the whole uh, Aunt May dying thing, which, um, I, like, I I kind of, like. I'm not saying I like them killing off Mr. Tamar because I like Mr. Tamar and I like her as Aunt May, but, like, I kind of like this twist because I, I think I mentioned to you about how I watched Into the Spider-Verse and I liked the, um, the play on the killing of, uncle yeah it wasn't uncle ben it was uncle uncle aaron uncle aaron you know Ali or michelle whatever his name is um (laughs) which i've butchered his name whatever uh but hey you know i'm talking about so this one like because you kind of already go into this assuming that uncle ben's dead so we don't need to see that right so like it's kind of cool how this they play on this and kind of when you see her get hurt i'm kind of like are they gonna kill her like Uncle Ben? Stum? No, they, like they've yeah. done it in the first movie. Like you know, this is the third movie in. But I like how they do it, and we talked about it in the spoiler for him. Mr. is amazing. Like I was actually the one thing I was surprised about the cheers. Right, we got the cheer of I'm somewhat of a scientist myself when she drops the uh, with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> line. I was expecting a cheer. I was like, oh, "Yeah!" And then it was like, yeah. oh, "Okay, no one's cheering at this." I'm like, "Really? Like that's the line?" Um, although I do like the kind of the play on later on when you get that with Tom McGuire and then even Andrew Garfield chimes in with Martin Sheen's long-winded uh, version of that. But I mean, that was that was a shock. I I could, and that was pretty darn emotional. That goddamn mm-hmm. scene, like holy crap! And like both Tom Holland and Tamaya were amazing there. But I, I just again, I like the take on this kind of. Because, again, you automatically assume he's already dealt with this death in his life. Mm -hmm. There's no Uncle Ben. So in this version of Spider-Man, I guess she's just a single aunt yeah. who's just raising Pete. And I kind of, okay, I'm down with that. I like it. And that sets it up at the end to when Pete gets his own apartment, which can I say disappointed that our Mr. Dikovic, or whatever his name is like. Ah, uh, we should have seen Dikovic. yeah. How awesome would that have been if he had had rent? Like, like <laughs> that would have been like just the perfect connection. Because we even, have, JK J.K. We even have an
1: accent from the guy who gives him yeah. the apartment.
0: <laughs> like that would have been epic. But yeah, like the death of Aunt May, like, again, I don't know if you expected or knew about it, but I, I liked it. It, it worked.
1: I didn't see it coming at all. And I think that's, what's great about this movie because um, the the things that they do, maybe because you're so distracted by there's Doc Ock, there's Green Goblin, there's Sandman, there's Lizard, there's Electro, there's Tobey Maguire, there's Andrew Garfield. Uh, You're not even thinking about what they might do with the Tom Holland story, which is one of the reasons I'm so happy with this still being a Tom Holland movie, because you you surprised the audience because you distracted them with all the the, the shiny objects. Well, you hadn't at that <laughs> point and too, to say
0: we hadn't seen Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield. That wasn't the part where they're in the movie. That was literally the scene afterwards, I think. Yeah, we had just had to. Because that's the when villains. they were trying to find Peter Parker at that point. That's mm-hmm. how they came about. Yeah.
1: But I think also because Marissa Tomei's just been such a background character, you y- they had a couple of scenes earlier on in this movie where she finally got to be the aunt advising them, you know, when, when Green Goblin's meeting her or Norman Osborn's meeting her, you know, she's finally Aunt May giving Peter life advice, which is the, what she should have been the first two movies and not the hot aunt. I do want to say, we also didn't have a reaction to the great power comes with great responsibility. Maybe because that's a line everybody's heard a million times, mm. uh, you know, they're not going to pop for it the way that they would for, uh, something like, you know, Oh, it's complicated. Uh, but yeah, when Marissa Tomei appeared on screen, now well, there were a bunch of teenage boys sitting behind us, like a huge group of teenage boys who were very loud, very obnoxious for the whole movie. When Marissa Tomei appeared on screen, 57 year old Marissa Tomei, you heard all these teenage boys going, Yeah, mm, oh, <laughs> like that's that's I'm still gonna say that's the problem with casting Marissa Tomei as Aunt May because. <laughs> She's she's the no matter what you do do whatever you want give her the stupid glasses give her the the um the, the the baggy clothes the the obnoxious personality she's still the hot aunt and even teenage boys was this could be their awesome. grandmother. Feel uh, no, not at Maritoni level though, <laughs> but. Even teenage boys are still like, that's the hot aunt." So I'm actually even more impressed that that dramatic scene worked because she is distracting to look at in these movies, no matter what they do with her. Uh, But the way they handle the scene too is not just that we get that surprise of, Oh, this is like the Uncle Ben death or like the Uncle Aaron death, you know, in the other movie. It's that spin on it. But the way that they handle it, where she keeps saying, what's going on, Peter? What's wrong? What's wrong? Like she doesn't even realize. It was a different Mm -hmm. way to handle. It's different from any death scene I've seen before. Because you have a character who's dying and doesn't realize it. Whereas Uncle Ben was so heartbreaking about uh, the Cliff Robertson, Uncle Ben death, or even the Martin Sheen one is that they're in pain. Like Cliff Robertson, he can't even get words out of it. Peter, Peter, like he's, he's panicked. And with her, she doesn't realize she's about to die and he's trying not to give it away to her, but most of them, it's going to be okay. I mean, but he can't hold it together. So it was really good on both their parts. that so they were able to have a pro a couple of proper scenes in this movie where they got to have that. You get that relationship, and this is the same thing with the the MJ character, where she's just okay. She's suddenly his girlfriend, but there's no real connection between them. Uh, and when you have like that final moment that they get in this movie, mm-hmm. where yeah, you know, oh, I'm gonna lose. I guess that's the last thing we really have to talk about. I'm I'm gonna you're gonna forget who I am. Uh, it's the same thing with the Aunt May death. Like we haven't gotten a relationship between these characters, but it took them to the third movie, and then in one or two scenes, they finally made it work.
0: The two quick scenes are the ones I just wanted to talk about. Was the, and they're both at the end. I love the Peter Parker kind of happy scene at the uh the grave, kind of like happy, you know. And then yeah, the but MJ. But that doesn't make sense
1: either, though. Well, because- I was
0: gonna say I was gonna say there's a plot <laughs> hole with this. I'll get to that. But like MJ and and Peter in the diner, I kind of that's my favorite scene oh, yeah. between the two. But yeah, I think that, to me the biggest plot hole is this whole sort of the way to solve the this. You kind of see the universe ripping apart. You see like the shadow of like Rhino and kind of Doctor Scorpion, Strange is, yeah. Scorp- like the Doctor Strange is ripping it all together and the one way we can save this is by casting the original spell so everyone forgets who I am. And I'm like, Okay. But then like I I I think that's a big plot hole. Like, no like they still know who Spider-Man is though, because J. Jonah Jamison's still talking about Spider-Man's a menace. And then all of a sudden it's like so then does the, do the Avengers know that Spider-Man like, cause Tony's dead. They're not going to recruit him. Like yeah, they're still like, aware there, of him. Like there's so many questions around. Are they going to have about.
1: gaps? Yeah. Like, are they going to have gaps in their memory where everybody who knows Spider-Man, cause like the happy Hogan thing, that, that is the problem because he shows up, he clearly still knows aunt May. He knows the relationship with her. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. Is
1: he going to be like, so how did I meet this woman again? I don't know. Really, cause he was, I met her through Spider-Man, but the only times he ever interacted that with Spider-Man and Aunt May was when he was Peter Parker and not Spider-Man. So are the other Avengers going to be like, oh yeah, I remember this time when we, when we Spider-Man came and he saved the day and then he took off his mask and wait, what happened
0: after that? I but don't remember. Th- How come I got I- this gap? And this is the thing that I don't get with this whole thing being a big deal of the no one will ever remember me. Why can't he just turn around and like go, hey, so happy I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. Just tell him like, again. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> like, like I've seen 50 first dates. Like I mean, Adam Sandler does that every fucking day to Drew Barrymore. Like, why can't why? he do this? Like, why can't he just walk into that uh, diner, meet Zendaya, and she's all like, "What? Like, why? Why doesn't she not, like?" So, did they say that they forget that he's Spider-Man? I thought that was a thing. Why does she forget who Peter Parker is no, in no. general? Doesn't is she that go to bad? school with him?
1: That is in the movie. They say, let's cast the original spell and have everybody forget I'm Spider-Man. But then Doctor Strange says, that won't work. The original spell is playing out as we speak. You can't recast the spell that's already playing out. So he says, okay, cast a new one. Make everybody forget who Peter Parker is. Make the world forget Peter Parker exists. So that's why nobody can remember him in the end. It's wow. not because they did the original spell. It's because they did a different one. But where I'm okay with them creating a bunch of plot holes or questions with this is because... When when Spider-Man, like I was saying, I can't remember if it was in the spoiler-free one or this one because we record them back-to-back. We release them back-to-back. But when they brought him into Civil War, they did things that have tied their hands as far as making this their own trilogy. Like, we have a technology suit. Well, they spent two movies trying to get away from this technology suit. Uh, now you have to be night monkey suitor. Now you have to wear your pajamas because Iron Man took the suit away. In this movie, I'm just glad they basically just didn't play on the technology. He was uh, he yeah. was Spider-Man, uh, which is what we wanted. And at the end,
0: uh, he's got basically the old school suit back, yeah. doesn't
1: he? Yeah. And then with the idea of everybody know who's who he is, they tied their hands in this trilogy because. What drama can you have when everybody knows who he is? Why can't he just pick up a phone and call people? So I'm okay with them creating all these plot holes with this, everybody forgetting who Peter Parker is, because Peter Parker should be kind of alone. I feel like more superheroes need to be alone. And now going into the next trilogy, if they're going to do now the adult Spider-Man trilogy, uh, the adult films of (laughs) Spider-Man, but now they can actually do it right where, he he has to get to know these characters, and he has to um, reveal himself in ways that make sense, and not just have everybody know who he is.
0: Yeah, it's a great. It's point. almost a
1: choice. It's a choice in this movie where that, that moment he has with MJ at the diner where he's ready to go in there and say I'm Peter Parker, you knew me before. I'm Spider-Man. But then he's realizing, no, I have an opportunity here to answer that question that I've been asking since the last movie of, wait, are you only into me because you thought I was Spider-Man? It's
0: it's a bit Spider-Man 1ish as well, isn't it? Where kind of like mm-hmm. this kind of ends in that way. Uh one thing I'll just say to you, like we said in the spoiler free one, like I mean there's so many plot holes with this film, but like it's just enjoyable. It's just fun and it's just it just comes out that way where it's kind of like yeah. Okay. I enjoy that. One quick thing I want to add before I close it out is, um, I didn't. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where the trailers they obviously filmed so many like things to throw you off. Like yeah. the whole Scooby Doo. Like it was <laughs> shit, not crap. Um, the whole section where you've got uh Wong basically going like, "Do not cast that spell," and then like you yeah, see exactly. Strange Wink, <laughs> completely not in the movie. Wong is just like, "I don't want a part of it," and this bug is off. Um, the famous one, which I didn't even notice, which I was watching. Uh, go onto YouTube and watch his, like, clips of Andrew Garfield denying that he's in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home for 10 minutes. Like, great actor in real life, Andrew Garfield, because I believe him watching those because, oh, he's not in it. And There's, like, one clip of Tobey Maguire. Uh, I think they're, like, some random fan saw him in the park and was like, oh, you in Spider-Man? And he just kind of, like, doesn't say anything. But um, the 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 there's a trailer shot where you see Spider-Man coming up against Lizard, Electro, and, oh, I think it was Goblin. And if you actually look, like, they've clearly... It's the scene where all three of them are fighting them. So, like, clearly if you watch Lizard in that trailer, you can actually see him getting punched by something invisible. So that's why apparently all the fans at that point were like, well, clearly all of them are in it because they've (laughs) just digitally removed one of the Spider-Mans because you can see Lizard getting punched by something, but it's invisible. So... I want to watch that trailer now just to see that. But yeah, good job the, to, to Disney for really changing the trailers up to throw us off the scent.
1: Yeah, especially the that's what I was going to say, especially the Wong thing because going into this movie, the way that they play that in the trailers with the, the whole wink, you're getting the impression that, oh, Doctor Strange knows what he's doing here. He's doing this just to teach Peter Parker a lesson. Uh, he's in charge. And to have it play out so differently where it's like, no, you screwed up. The, and plus you're thinking that this movie was going to be about Everybody forgets. You think the drama of this movie is, oh, now my girlfriend doesn't remember me. And there's no way to reverse the spell because the way the trailer is like, no, no, you can't change that. What really happens in this movie is the spell doesn't end up happening. Uh, So we thought this was going to be about that spell taking place and all the other characters come in. But instead, no, we screwed up the spell. Nothing changed. So we have to create a new one on the end. And Doctor Strange isn't just going along with this so that he can teach Peter Parker a lesson. He's very angry and he has reason to be angry in this movie.
0: I I don't know how I feel though about um, Spider-Man beating Doctor Strange because of math. Uh, Like, oh, it's simple (laughs) geometry.
1: Well, you know why I like that? Because Homecoming, they still had him be smart Peter Parker, but like, He's supposed to be a genius kid. And far from home, especially, he's just dumb. Like, because maybe because he's not in school, he doesn't get to do anything scientific or smart. I uh, and yeah. I mean, he does is a mistake. So at least getting a moment where you remember he's supposed to be a smart kid was nice. Yeah.
0: That's not the problem I have. It's just more of the fact that, like, does this mean that all Doctor Strange's abilities are obsolete? Because if I know math, I can beat Doctor Like, isn't he meant to be one, <laughs> one of the most powerful people in the MCU? Yeah, but and now he can just you. You don't not know. Not me. But, but like as the other thing too, like you I think it goes a bit too far with Peter Parker. Like when he's in Happy's apartment and he's just like, hey, this is that machine. I know how to cure all of you. It's like <laughs> how does what? Like how? Like, how do you know about Liz? Like, that's where Andrew Garfield should be like, Oh, I've already got the antidote for Lizard. Like well, you don't need to do yeah. this. Like Peter goes to all that work and it's just kind of like, you know, there he is. Um, I don't think there's anything else we need to add. Well, obviously we both bought this, listen to our spoiler free yeah. one. Um the Rank the it? Po- Oh, before I do that, I was going to say the post credit scene was, it was um, just a trailer for uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange, which the, another massive cheer it got was when you saw freaking Wanda. Like, I haven't seen WandaVision, so I don't know if she died. I mean, she dies in the Avengers, doesn't she? I can't remember. But, yeah. like, I love how, like, that got a massive cheer, like, as soon as she turns around and there's, um, what's-her-face Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen, everyone's like, yeah! I'm like she's alive isn't she like why are we happy to see and her the, again
1: the teenage boys th- behind me
0: did not react to her and zendaya
1: the way they did <laughs> Oh,
0: no one should react to zendaya i don't get the appeal of zendaya at all um rank so like where would i rank this amongst the spider-man films are you saying yeah or? yeah Ooh. so okay are we, we're not including the venoms i'm guessing and i'm are we including um uh uh into the spider-verse
1: i would include into the spider-verse yeah
0: are we including venoms or not no okay so just spider-man well, off the top of my head, my rankings basically, when we did the five, I basically, I think, went one, two, three, four, five in order. Um, and I think in hindsight, I would probably put Homecoming maybe ahead of Amazing Spider-Man 1, and I would probably put Far From Home between Amazing Spider-Man 1 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. So Amazing Spider-Man 2, even though it was improved for me, still ends up last for me um and spider-man 3 i think got bumped up to three because i can't remember what i did i would probably put this third oh uh, like that's tricky though because i do love this film i've only seen it once though so like i feel like it's just whereas like, i i i ranked no time to die amongst the bond films and i won't spoil that till we do that on double of seven and i've in hindsight i've seen that movie four times so i can i feel i'm more you know uh able to do that right now off the top of my head i would probably still say i enjoy spider-man 1 or 2 just better just because of nostalgia and i think they're more complete films whereas this probably ranks at number three right now but i could be swayed on that. this could go to possibly number two or number one but i i don't know i'd still put one and two then this then my other order
1: yeah i i'm i'm not changing spider-man 2 is still the greatest spider-man movie ever made uh this one it I don't, it will never go down a lot. This isn't going to be something where it's like, Oh, you know, on a rewatch, this really doesn't hold up. You're going to have the best reaction. The first time you see this movie, no doubt. And I really, but I do wonder when I know we're about to get all these things, are some of these scenes going to drag on where they're definitely playing to the audience? Now you got, let's make sure that we throw a couple of gags in here with Toby and Andrew. I wonder how well that's going to hold up when you've seen this movie 10 times. Mm. Um, But I mean, Spider-Man two is still the best for me. Uh, I'm going to put, I'm, I had put into the Spider-Verse number two. Like I, I rewatched that movie yesterday and it's probably my fifth or sixth. I time didn't movie. That, did I?
0: Oh, sorry. I'll no. get back to that. Sorry.
1: But every time I watch into the Spider-Verse, it just gets better and better and particularly how they were able to do a very similar story, but uh, how well the drama in that animated comedy comes off. Uh, and, and the hero moments that I feel like we don't always get in the, you know, when he becomes Spider-Man finally with the suit and the the, the swing in the streets. I I, I love Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, but Spider-Man 2, I don't think will ever be top. Then I'd say Into the Spider-Verse, I would also put this three. I think that this is a perfect movie. Even if it was just the Tom Holland movie and we didn't get Toby and we didn't get Andrew, I'd probably still put it three, but that, that definitely puts it over the top. Then I'd go Spider-Man 1. Then I'd go The Amazing... Sp- I'd probably go The Amazing Spider-Man and then Homecoming and then The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and then Far From Home, and then Spider-Man 3.
0: (laughs) I'd probably put into the Spider-Verse... Like, I I liked it, but I just didn't think it was as great as everybody says it is. So I would probably put it around about The Amazing Spider-Man, maybe just below it, which would make it my third or fourth lowest, which I feel is a bit mean to it. But, like, I don't know, like... I also rank it on rewatchability and it's not one that I want to rush out and rewatch because I would gladly watch Spider-Man 1 2 and 3 right now. Uh you know so yeah I don't know. One one quick thing before I close out the one scene that I forgot to mention that I love I love the moment when Andrew Garfield and Tobin Maguire are talking about their back problems. He's like, yeah, it's yeah. got a bad back from <laughs> from Sweden. He's like, yeah, man, do you want me to crack it? Yeah, that'd be great. And also the one the one sort of screenshot which I can imagine will go around a lot more when this is released on DVD, but I've seen a lot of people have taken a photo of it in the cinema, is I think it's the scene at the end just before they um, both get transported back into their worlds where you've got, like, Andrew Garfield with his arm around Tobey Maguire. Like, I love that. Oh, yeah. Scene. Like, that's going to be a photo I want, like, on my wall. Um, and I love it when he's like, they have that hug and he's like, you're in pain, aren't you? So much pain. Um, <laughs> like they kind of play the joke that you think he's about to die, but he's not really. So anyway. You know, um, that,
1: we should have had a call back to my back, my back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. My back, my back. Um, go and see it. Like, uh, like and this is the thing. Like I want to go see it again, but at the same time, I like oh, I don't want it to be get worse in any way, which I don't think it will. But I mean, I've seen No Time to Die four times, and I still want to go see that for a fifth time. And I've got it on my computer already. I've got the digital mm. version of it. So, um, yeah, I maybe I'll see The Matrix. And go, oh God, I want to go see a real film. So <laughs> I'll go see like No Time to Die and Spider Man again. So we'll see how we go. Go see it if you haven't seen it. It's I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you spoiled yourself. I don't think you're gonna have the same reaction in the cinema as we did, but like. Hope you're listening to this afterwards, go and see it again. Uh, we've got our final Matrix uh, film, well, the Animatrix, coming next week, and then our, I guess, last review of the year. Um, I guess we'll probably get it out before the end of the year. I don't know. We might not get it out too early this year. It's weird. The trailer for the Matrix Resurrections before this movie now says January for us. But then I looked up the release date in Hobart and it's still like, I can buy tickets right now to Boxing Day. So I don't know why the trailer here in Australia is saying January. So that's a bit weird. Um, and then I probably won't go see Ghostbusters. I know you've already seen it. They're, they're advertising that too for, I think, Boxing Day. But I i don't know. It's not really one that I'm fussed about either way. I'm I'll Ghostbusters. Just, I'll just
1: sort of spoil it for you. Uh, Bad fan service. Uh, the movie's good until they just decide to remake the original. There you go. There's your review. <laughs> I mean, don't Paul Rudd's in after. So
0: maybe I'll go see it for Paul Rudd. But uh, and you Lost, 24, Breaking Bad. Listen to them as well.
1: Uh, I'm just gonna say, Matrix comes out in five days for me. We've already got our tickets. Uh, although we're going a day later, we're going the 23rd. So um, if you don't have the ability to get tickets, let me know. And I'm sure Jamie will have no problem talking about Keanu Reeves. Or yeah. we'll probably record Jamie anyways, just so she could talk about Keanu.
0: We'll probably work this out off air. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, as yet, I can jump on right now to uh, our website and buy a Boxing Day ticket. But, again, I don't get why the trailer says January. So uh, we'll soon see. Uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Brilliant. Go see it. My name is Ben. And, you know, I'm somewhat of a podcast host myself.
1: And my name is Colin. And, Ben, you're amazing. Just say it. Say you're amazing. I want to hear you say, I'm amazing. Say it, Ben.
0: I'm amazing. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider.